now tuned into the greatest. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, so when, so when do you officially open the ramen spot? Next week. Next. Bro, isn't that crazy? Week. Are you excited That's or crazy. what? Crazy. I am. I am excited. I just purchased. Oh, I'll show you the invoice. Uh, seven hundred and thirty-eight dollars worth of food. <laughs> uh huh. Like, I'm out? going extra. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm going extra because like, just in case, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I know a lot of folks are coming down for me on Monday to check out the spot. Yeah. Uh, and most of them I'm giving free bowls because, you know, they're they're like family members, but yeah. I, I, I don't know. So half of it yeah. will be to, to give away. And then, you know, if they bring a friend over, obviously they pay, but I didn't tell them that. It's like my little marketing yeah. scheme, right? If they bring a buddy over. They eat for free, but the other friend, you know, obviously, um, gets to, uh, gets to pay, but like, that's yeah, my, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to give like free food right off the bat. Yeah. You know, I, I know. would, I would highlight, I would, I would try my only advice is like, listen, especially if it's friends and family, like, you know, you either eat the whole night or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, like if you, if you want to have a friends and family night, then I totally get it. But like, if not, you need to be open for business because the thing is, mm. is like, whether you like it or not, you need to start making money right away. And oh, dude, the thing is, is I, I feel like, I feel like sometimes people take advantage of that, especially family members, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially it's it's, it's, what it is. it's, it's like, <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, it's like, oh, you got a restaurant. They want the whole house, bro. Yeah. They want the whole house. Like, yeah, yo. Yeah, yeah. So that's why, like, you know, it's, I, I, I maybe you, you should have a friends and family night, you know, call that your soft opening, right? Well, technically tomorrow, well, Monday is like my soft opening. I'm literally t- testing everything. I, I don't know how this app is going to work. So I'm, I'm going with the score KDS. I, I mentioned that to you, right? Like, I'm, yeah. I haven't like connected it to like the internet there so i i don't know is it gonna populate am i gonna see the fucking tickets is it gonna work right off the bat like everything is signed up everything is correct on my end but like since i'm not physically live i can't troubleshoot anything so yeah it's gonna be um yeah soft opening i should say uh monday and then after that literally everybody everybody paid except for like my mother and my brother which you know eats for free yeah i mean listen we all like to take care of our, our family members, but at the same time, you know, sometimes family takes advantage, man. And it's kind of sad, right? Because like you are a brand new business, bro. And yeah. I'm going to be honest, you need to make money right off the bat. You don't yeah. have an option. So the thing is, is like, if I were you, I would separate that from your first night of business. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, say, look, yeah. this is a soft opening. This is friends and family, um, you know, work out the kinks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat it. Take, you know, eat 300 bucks, you know, whatever it takes, you know, eat your costs just to do a friends and family night. But then after that, you need to open up for business, man, start cranking. Yeah. And if I were you, I would go heavy on the marketing, man, after your first week. Yeah. So like, I, um, se- I, se- I separate, I mean, like, separate, like, uh, you know, separate like you know i would at least like budget like 500 bucks 600 bucks to, and see if you can reach out to some influencers local yeah. in the the area that you're in yeah and um that that way you know you have a a, a fighting chance right yeah. Like, yeah, yeah 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 and then it's like you know we go until we're sold out right like build up the hype i think you're gonna do Pretty fine you're gonna you're gonna be just fine you're just gonna I be think just so fine too. once you sell that once you once you sell that first bowl of ramen yeah. you're gonna be like all right this is it this, this is what we doing yeah, yeah you know yeah. ain't no ain't no question yeah, I'm gonna crank out. I'm gonna crank out pretty heavy on the prep. Well, not not heavy, but the stock, pretty much. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go with like I don't know, fifty portions for Monday. Let's see, maybe I have six right now, chilling in the in the fridge. So I have that little buffer if I really need it. But I I'm gonna crank out um, at least about fifty. So that's like twenty pounds of pork bones, five pounds of uh, chicken feet, and then like. The other, uh, the consomme, which is just the veggies and shit. And that's it. Yeah, man. That sounds good, bro. That sounds good. I'm excited yeah. for you. I'm glad it's coming to fruition, man. And it's like, you know, listen, you're going to be successful, man. You know how to run a kitchen. And when you have, when you, it's going to, like, that's just going to be managing a station, right? Like, I know. That's literally just a station. Hypothetically, that's what it, you're doing. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That and, is it's, it. and it's kind of, it's, it's hard. It's hard at first, but like, I think you'll realize, like, you're going to find a true fulfillment, true happiness in doing that, you know? Because yeah. it's yours. It's your baby. You built it. I and know. I think that's more that's more meaningful than any type or amount of money like that yeah. anyone could ever ask for. And yeah. So that's dope. I mentioned it to you. Like, um, like I just want to make enough money to be comfortable and like have like a small crew of people and they're comfortable. That's it. Like as soon as we're done with shit, like that end of day, you yeah. know, like fuck it. So like, you'll why do I need so to? So you'll more, know how much. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, you'll know once you have a month of sales, you'll know how much you need to just like float, right? The fact that you don't have any overhead as far as uh, rent is amazing. That is like, I, I, I can't stress enough. Like I tell anybody, all my chef friends, whoever's going to open a restaurant, if dude, the rent is the most important thing, man. Like if you, like yeah. that's your, probably your most, your biggest expense. And mm-hmm. that's why you got it. Like if you're going to open a restaurant, I, re- I highly recommend going into a building that is already, that's already paid off or that it's a real estate investor that's willing yeah. to, you know, refinance and invest into the business. Right. Like mm. I think that's so important because so many people like where they go, they like a uh, chefs or rent restaurateurs, they go and they leave a building, right? They go and they yeah. lease. So they have this monster lease payment. But, you know, the restaurant doesn't make money at first, right? You have to pay staff. Yeah. You have to pay cost of goods. And everything's so expensive and you have all these unexpected costs. And it's like, if you don't have the capital to cover it, to get you up and running, you know, At least for like the first year, right? Like, it's crazy. Like, yeah. how much money, like, it needs to start. Like, if, if we're yeah. like... So, give you perspective, like, the, the brick and mortar space that he's paying right now, I think his rent is... Uh, I think it's right. It's like six grand for a month just for just for the space. That's not that's not PSNG or, you know, electric bill or any of that bullshit. It's just it's just the space. And then, um, you know, he has taxes. He has um, he has employees like there's other like there's three other fucking levels that he has to deal does with. He, does, so so let me ask you something. Does, he doesn't own the building straight out. He still pays, he pays rent on the building. Yeah, he still pays rent though. So, oh, he, or is he paying a mortgage? He's probably paying, paying a mortgage. You said he was selling it, right? Yeah, he's selling He's trying to sell it, it for like, sale? So, then yeah. that, so that means he probably has a, a mortgage on it, a commercial mortgage. Yeah, maybe. He doesn't own the building because like he tried to buy it before, I think, his his fifth year there. But the, the current owner of the, the building, because he owns like like half that block. It's crazy. Um, he Back in the, he said in the 90s, he wanted to sell it for a million dollars. He was like, yeah, I'm not paying a million dollars for this. It's crazy. A million Jeez. in the nineties, my guy. Yeah, I know, but you yeah. know what? The thing is, is commercial real estate is we- is weird, right? Yeah. So, so this is this. I just learned this recently. You should you should learn this too, because okay. uh, real estate is very important. But so basically, when we think of a million dollars, like it's a lot to us, but yeah. in commercial real estate, it's not. And let me explain why. So, what the banks look at when you're borrowing the money is they look at the uh, income producing asset, right? So okay. we're used to, we're used to, um, this is a little real estate. I'm not like, this is not professional, uh, money mm, advice. Okay. Not advice. <laughs> but so what we're used to is when we go to buy a home, they look at what we make as far yeah, as like yeah. W2 and, uh, you know, income that we have. And then they check our credit. Well, with a commercial loan, it's kind of different, right? They look at what the, um, asset is going to produce, right? So uh. let's say if, yeah, yeah, and they base the value off, or they base the loan value off of that, right? So, Interesting. you know, like let's say if the restaurant is making, you know, thirty grand a month, right? Then that's where they're gonna, that's where they're gonna approve you for the loan or not, right? So it's not coming out of your personal finances; it's coming um, from the business that's making money. So just remember that when you go for a commercial loan, yes, you do have to come up with the down payment, which is like twenty twenty five percent. So on a mill, that would be what, like um, a hundred thousand or something like that. I don't know, yeah, but um, you know, that's. Yeah, that's usually where the the money comes from. From uh, sorry for the down payment, but for commercial loans, it's actually kind of easier if you have a business under it. That's why real estate investors. That's why real estate. Yeah, that's why real estate or commercial real estate investors always want to put a business in the building, like whether it's uh, you know Home Depot whatever or uh, you know whatever it is. As long as it's income producing, then they pay the mortgage, they pay the rent, but the other person owns the building. So I think that's really important. Um, well, yeah, that's really important to know because like we because uh, like see we. we that's an interesting. I, I didn't really. Like, I mean, I kind of understood, but like, I didn't. Not until you put it in perspective. I, I had no idea. Dude, I had no idea. I had no idea. So yeah, I just recently um, was trying to apply for a commercial loan, and this is what. And this is like I, I found what they the, told you. like the rough way. I'm like, hey man, do I need to submit W twos and all that good? And he's like, he's like, no, that's it's that's completely different. So if you want to get, if you want to get a multifamily apartment that is four units and above right four units and above has to be a commercial loan and they don't look at your personal finances what they look at is how many tenants are in there and what are they paying for rent they want to get the um, lease statements and all that good stuff then they decide whether they want to uh make an they want to uh, lend you the money that's where you come up with the 25 percent. but i didn't know that yeah, I didn't know that. So they don't even oh. they don't even look at your credit. They don't look at anything. They look at the deal. <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> much are you making? <laughs> yeah, on and, your and already property. In, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is they don't they don't do any loans under like five hundred k or seven fifty k on multifamily. Yeah. And I didn't, man, I didn't know that. So like, 
So crazy. like the thing is, is uh, obviously the only hard part is if you don't have a portfolio already, then it's kind of hard to get a loan. They're going to look at your yeah. your history of like how many properties you have, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, wow. I just thought so that's kind of fun. Yeah, no, you made now you a million isn't looking so much then, back then. No, like, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. I think he like should have million- bought it. Yeah, now yeah. that I, now yeah, yeah. it's so like, like perspective, <clears throat> I get it. Yeah, because wow. like we think, oh my god, a mill is a lot. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. we look at the square, we look at the square footage. We look yeah, at like yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying, like oh my god. But when you think about it, when it's commercial real estate, it's it's not that big of a deal, right? So mm. I'm just gonna throw a number out there. Let's say if the if the if the mortgage is uh, gonna be like you know five six grand a month, right? Like mm. let's say on a mill, then basically what they're gonna do is they're gonna look and see if the restaurant, um, you know, like the deck or the uh, you know whatever. Whatever, whatever income producing that that you have, right? Like, I think that's what the most important thing is. Is like, especially if you have a business in there, right? So the 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 goal is is you have to get through the first like two to three, um, two to three businesses first, and then you'll be able to take out commercial real estate loans, no problem. If you have a portfolio, wow. right? It's Damn. just getting to those like two or three. Yeah, it's like so that, like, bro. <laughs> yeah, so you like, tell me, I need so like, like four businesses first. Yeah, well, it's it's very difficult, man. You have to like mm. like it's not it's not easy. You can't just get a commercial yeah, loan. You have to yeah, come. Yeah. You have to come correct with the deal. But what I'm saying is for like strip malls or like you know like 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 Home Depot, like Home Depots, Lowe's, Walmart. You know they yeah, don't yeah. own those buildings. It's usually a real estate person that owns the building, and then yeah. they just pay the rent, right? And uh, you know they do the whole like you know they gut it and they re you know they re. Um, you know, get everything in there. Like they, you know, they take care of all of the renovation, I should say, but it's not really, it's not really a renovation, but they build it. Right. So they put a Walmart there, but the real estate is usually owned by a real estate investor, right? A commercial Uh real estate investor. And then they just pay rent. And, um, you know, that's, you know, that some, sometimes even the parking lot is separate. Did you know that? Yeah, I that I knew. I didn't. That, so that. I knew the parking Dude, lot, but we don't have that. a parking lot on this one. So yeah, like, so like so like sometimes yeah. the real estate will the real estate investor will own the parking lot and also the building instead of the whole shebang, and it's yeah. like that's why like um, you know strip malls are so profitable for real estate investors because you can have multiple businesses on one piece of land, which is kind yeah. of great. But uh, that's why the, the rent is also cheaper. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. And I didn't know this is gonna be a real estate podcast, but you know, hey, we in nice. There. Hey man, I learned something new today. I didn't know that. So yeah, there's there's two buildings yeah. in the same building. So we have the restaurant floor, and then there's a uh, I think there's a law firm right up right above. There's like a big office. I think it's like 600 square feet upstairs, um, for the whole thing. So like now I give you a perspective. Back in the 90s, if he bought it, he would have had two, he would have had two sections. He could have leased out the top, and then while generating income on the bottom, and the million he could have turned out in like two years, pretty much, because he he said in yeah, the same so day he was making. He was making bank. Yeah. So basically, so yeah. So basically what I would do is instead of borrowing a million, I would borrow 1.2 million and I would say that I need $200,000 for renovations and they'll look at it. You, all you have to do is bring a quote to them, to the bank or whoever you're getting the money line from. And they'll usually cover that. You know what I'm saying? They'll loan (laughs) you the money to do the whole shebang. But the thing is, is if you're not making money, then you're in a big, big issue, big problem, right? If you're not making money, right? So it's like, it's, it's kind of tricky, but at the same time, I think it's really worth it. And it's the only way I would ever open a restaurant if the real estate, if the real estate was purchased straight out or they own it because uh, if they're paying a mortgage, then, you know, obviously that, that cost has to come out of the restaurant. <clears throat> it's better if you own it free and clear because then you have, you have time to start generating income. Yeah. Good example. Good example. Look at my brother right now. He, like we both knew that the cloud kitchen wasn't going to be successful because, you know, because mm. of Burger King, Applebee's, Chili's, you know, they're just yeah, yeah, like yeah. when people are clicking through DoorDash and all that, they're going to go with something that they know is comfortable. Popeye's, yeah, KFC like and shit. Quick. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, and like my brother was looking at their invoices. Their invoices are so cheap, dude. Like, of course they can charge $5 for chicken. Of course, yeah. because yeah. they're, they're buying the, you know, the lion's share of chicken and flour mm. and like, in like the buns for like you know for the buns for Burger King, I remember he was telling me it was like three dollars for two dozen, you know, two or <laughs> yeah, two or three dozen. Crazy. They had a whole speed crazy. rack of them, and it's like it, it, it's ridiculous, man. It's really difficult to uh, you know buy you know because some people don't understand. It's like you know, and I think that's what you should drive home too. Is like you're making good quality food. Yeah, you know, you know fast food is not good quality, man. Yeah, it's I have not. the um, not that's why it's in a slogan. Well, not a slogan. I don't want to say it a slogan, but it's like chef inspired. Um, ramen concept, right? And that's it. Yeah, right in the front page, yeah. chef curated. Um, that's why it's a higher price point. Like I, I average, literally I averaged out all the ramen shops around me. Yeah. Besides, before going into the city 
I have the same prices pretty much. The city's like twenty, yeah, twenty two dollars per bowl. I'm yeah. just right at midpoint, like seventeen. You know, yeah. I but so listen, I, just so, just so you know, for the future, that's actually called a comp set. A comp set. Comp set. Okay. Yeah. So basically, that's when you take three to five prop uh, that are doing the same thing as you, and you average them out. That's usually called a comp set. Just so you know, for for future reference. Because ain't yeah. nobody, ain't nobody teach me that. I had to learn Yo, the hard way, dog. I, I know that I'm shit. To let you know, dog. I'm yeah. just like I yeah, just I did my. Yeah, averaging so like shit, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but that's no, but you did it naturally because yeah, you yeah, ran yeah, kitchens before, it. bro. Yeah, you yeah. ran kits, so you know. So, like, good examples, like uh, a comp set, like uh, in, especially in like a hotel environment, right? So you you would you would uh, you know look at the brunch for you know three to five different hotels in your area. Yeah. Then you take that and you 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 match their uh, their prices, and then you that's what's called a comp set. Yeah. So that's what you're doing. That's good. That's good business savvy because you can't come. You can't. You have to know your demographic, right? Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. You, you can't come out hot at $27 of a bowl of ramen, right? Yo, like, imagine. You have to, you it was have like, to, <laughs> like, who the fuck yeah. is buying this? And yeah. And like, the thing is, is like, you know, um, you know, and I think once you get open, like once you get those nerves past you, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be game time, right? You're going to yeah. be, you're going to like, it's either you're going to freaking crush this. You're going to crush this thing, yeah. right? You, you're going to figure, you're going to figure it out. And I think it's going to be mm. successful. I think you're going to do a great job. I think. You know, the biggest thing is just keeping your expenses low, bro. Only order what you need for now. Yeah, Start generating correct. capital, man. Like generate capital. Don't like, you know, you like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you got to yeah. be like, I, uh, I you know, know what you mean. we call, we call it bootstrap. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so, yeah. so, so like a good example is like, you know, my brother's doing the meal prep thing and he's also offering services for this building. And, um, the thing is, is he don't, he doesn't have to pay rent. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's it's a huge game Big changer thing. because guess what? The, co- the the cost of goods is so expensive, man. Like, dog, mm-hmm. the cost of goods. And when you're first starting out, it's really hard to buy wholesale all the time. You have to yeah. go retail, you mm-hmm. know, like, and I'm sure you know that. But, um, you know, once you get your mise en place, like up and going and like, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're, you have a standard operating procedure, like you just have to, you know, learn how to manage the cost. And I think you'll be, I think you'll be pleasant, pleasantly surprised, like, especially yeah. if it's good. You know, you build it, they will come. Like, I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. I wish and I, yeah, I, wish I, I really like that model. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, for real. Like, I really like the model where if I just run out of this stuff, that's it. Because, like, I'm going to. Yeah. I don't want to keep so much. Or, like, imagine if I just ran it like a, re- a regular restaurant. Like, just have infinite amount. Because I'm going to generate it for the next day anyway. I'm only open one week. So, you have to take consider that. Uh, take consider of that in the in the long run. I can't have so much product on hand to just sell for one fucking day what am i going to keep this whole thing for for another week for the next following yeah no that's not gonna happen yeah no i'm literally just no. gonna prep for that one day you know whatever it is um and I, I have another idea like um you know how in japan they do they do pre-orders like uh-huh. they, they they're gonna know how much they're gonna generate for whatever day it is maybe i'll activate that i don't know yeah. like um let's say for the following week, like i'm already set i'm going i pre-save like 40 bowls right it's like hey on sale this week literally get it while it's hot because once it's out that's it that's all i have and i'm guaranteed the 40 bowls already paid so when they come in monday all they're doing is picking it up whatever time the fuck they come in i don't know or maybe i don't know i was kind of thinking about that like maybe just a pre-save kind of option but maybe not i don't know man lots of lots of ideas lots of stuff I think you're. Yeah, uh, man, that sounds good, man. That sounds great. I love it, man. I'm, I'm yeah. super excited for you. Mm. So, what should we? What else should we get into today, man? Oh, um, I just posted our, uh, not not our controversial episode, but like our, our our revolution episode, I should say, against the stunt food uh, yesterday. Um, the sun, oh, the stunt food. Yeah, yeah. Like, the stunt you know foods. what though? I think that's a good. I think that's a good. I think it's a good point to bring across because, like, I think that some of these uh, younger chefs and cooks are thinking that the stun food is okay you know what yeah. i mean like yeah, yeah. like i had like somebody somebody uh duetted a video and he made like chocolate pasta right mm-hmm. and like listen i love the idea but the execution and i was looking at it and i'm like listen you know obviously i would try it but it's not i don't know like it just doesn't make sense right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah you, you you know what i'm saying like I a do. pasta for dessert like mm-hmm. I, I totally get if like you know if it's like a ganache without flour or if the flour is yeah. baked. Like I, I I get it if like you want to make it look like if you're making something if you're making something avant garde right where you're making mm. a um where you're making a you know like a like a chocolate noodle right mm. 
that's, you know, with chocolate ganache and it's for dessert and you twirl it nicely on the plate, then that's great. But if you're going to take an Italian pasta and add cocoa powder and toss it, you know, make it like a savory dish where it's, you know, an eight to 10 ounce portion and it's just for a wow factor. Like that's, it's a real big gray area. And that's what, uh, I I forgot what his name is, but I saw the video and he had a great point. He's like, this is stunt food. This is Mm. stunt food and it's not good. This chef can do better, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny because like, yeah, everybody's getting trapped into making like these viral videos that people are going to pay attention to. But what I'm concerned about is that young cook, that young person that, you know, he's starting to cook and he sees this and his eyes get big and then he goes to a real kitchen and then, you know, he gets freaking hammered down. Like... (laughs) He, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, if you came to me and said, you want to put it, if you want to put a chocolate pasta on the menu for dessert, like I'm going to ask why, but I'm immediately going to question it. Right. Yeah. And then the thing is, is you're going to get questioned on where you learned that from. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to lead back to TikTok. I learned it on TikTok. I learned it on YouTube. Like this is real. And that's why I think it's important for real chefs or people that are kind of food savvy that know mm-hmm. the difference between stunt food and real food. Yeah. Right. Like, like, you know, like, and, and then, then it gets to this, like, like, let's be honest, um, you know, um, and I, God, I don't want to use it. I love Google foods and I love Nick Giovanni. Like I love their yeah, content. Yeah. I just want to start, I want to start with that. Mm-hmm. But you know, they, they, they are doing a brisket that is, uh, you know, that is squirting about like, you know, a half gallon of beef juice. Yeah. Right. Which we know, like, come on. I know that's not real. Like yeah, 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 I've cooked plenty of brisk- briskets. I know that's not <laughs> They're like, oh, this this brisket's juicy, and then they yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah. press it, and it like squirts out like a like a cup of beef jus, right? Yeah. And like, I know there's something set up behind there, like squeezing mm-hmm. it out of the middle or whatever, like in between the flap and the the, you know, like I know it yeah, because yeah. I've cooked plenty of briskets, and there's no way it can produce that amount of liquid. Yep. And it's it's funny because like I know that some young cooks and kids are gonna associate that with the perfect brisket. Like yeah, this is how it should like, be yes, cooked. It, it should be, be like it this. should be this juicy, right? Like and I just want you know, I just want to say like, you know, some like listen, sometimes things and edits are made for the views. And they're yeah. made for the the knee jerk reaction, the virality, mm-hmm. you know, like and people need to understand that. Like me, you, Jim, Kyle, we know that. We know yeah. that. Like the the chef's club, the chef's club freaking network or whatever. It needs to go. Dog. It really does. They need to go. They need, they need, uh, they, yeah, but you're right. Like, or rather, I, disclaimer, I like- disclaimer, like, they don't need to go. Like, the, the sun, I'm, I'm okay with sun food, right? As long as it's in the front. You know how um, you watch like parkour or some shit? There's right at the bottom, there's like a big fat fucking actions done in this video could lead to injury, whatever the fuck it is. A disclaimer, you know, something like that. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, I don't know who's gonna facilitate it, but like something of the same matter when it's stunt food, you know? Don't do this yeah. in, a, in a professional setting. It could be dangerous because it can. Like, um, I think early Pete's one of one of the people that I follow. Uh, he duetted uh, Giovanni's video where Nick literally, um, I think, fried like a big ball or something. I forget what it, the fuck it is. And uh, the oil all overflew. Like the, in the kitchen, yeah, yeah. you're, bro, you just, you just messed it up. First of and all, you could have started a fire. First of all. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend frying in a Pyrex at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like, listen, I get it. I get it. I get it for the camera and I I totally get it. But it's just like, you know, you know, when he drops that shit in the oil like that, like, yeah, you're right. If that, like, if that would have touched any amount of flame, it would have been combustible. Like it was just like this. Boom. And then what do you do? Uh, God forbid they don't have a, like a, like an actual, I think it's a type B, the extinguisher for, for the, for the grease, not, not the A because A is for electric or whatever. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna play know that? I'm gonna play you know like yeah. I don't know I'm gonna play devil's avocado here and say you know he might have just done that for the shot he might it might have been intentional Maybe. right because I know Maybe. I know Nick knows how to cook and we're not, yeah. I'm not sitting here bashing him but like the um I know he knows how to cook right like you know the basic principles of cooking but yeah he it was a very close up shot so you know he could have also took that oil screaming off the heat right and put it over to the side where it was a yeah. controlled environment it could have been under a four uh, over a 400 pan right and yeah. he could have just you know got the close up and then dropped the thing in and it could have you know mm-hmm. the oil could have spilled over on into the 400 pan like we yeah. don't know it could have been outside it could have been you know there it could have been a controlled environment is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to drive home and it could have been created just for the the wow factor or the virality just like i was saying now am i gonna do some dumb shit like that no no no, because (laughs) you know people look up people look up to me they ask me questions they you know and, and, and like listen 
I'm in the reason why I push so hard to try to teach people the proper way or the right way is because I was that cook at 16 to 19 that learned, I'm sorry, uh, 14 to like 17. You know, where unfortunately I learned a, a, a crazy amount of bad habits. You yeah. know, I learned so many bad habits and like nobody would show me the proper way. Like I, I would just follow, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Right. Yeah. So I would see what these 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 fucking hack cooks would do and I would just follow them. You know what I'm saying? And it really, really destroyed my first couple of years professionally. Mm-hmm. It really did. And I promised myself when I become a chef, when I am a chef, I'm going to teach people the right way, no matter what, no matter yeah. what kind of slack I get. And, and you see it happens like, bro, yeah. I'd be I, like, I'm not sitting here trying to call people out or like say anything. I'm just going to say, hey, listen, I know you learned. I know you learned this, but I'm going to show you the right way. Yeah. And I spent, you know, hours and hours and days and days and years and years of learning how to be a chef, learning how to cook, learning how to do this. Like I've put in the fucking work, man. And like, mm. I am going to show you the right way. And if like somebody wants to debate about it, let's go. I'm yeah. not, the floor is open. Like, let's do it. Like when I stitched a uh, Ming size video about the salty pasta water, mm-hmm. I meant what I said. I meant what yeah. I said. You know why? Because I had to learn the hard way in the restaurant, right? Like people are telling me to season the water like the ocean. And, uh, you know, and I had, and I remember, man, I'll never forget. I was at the Breakers Resort and, uh, you know, I'm about to start, I'm about to start saute service. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, and I learned this at Macron, at Macron Grill. Season mm-hmm. the pasta water like the the ocean, yeah, the ocean, 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 ocean. Yeah, yeah, ocean. Yeah, all every single fucking chef from culinary school all the way to like my chef, my current chefs, and then like, boom, dog, these pastas started coming back. Yeah, salty, salty, salty. and then and then so like chef was like, hey, don't add don't add salt to the pasta. So here we go. I'm not adding salt to the pasta, and I'm like, but the you know I'm like the pasta, but I, I'm like chef. I think the pasta water is just too salty, right? Like, yeah, because I wasn't the only one that added salt. Like he added salt, somebody else added salt, and yeah, it yeah. tastes like the ocean. Like blah blah blah. And I remember like you know I had one rondo on, and uh, so anyway, I'm like, hey, like I think the because the pastas just started coming back, like yeah. by the fucking too salty, too salty. And so then we started, you know, we tried to like, the problem is, is getting a Rondo on the stove uh, to boiling and removing the other one. Oh, it takes my forever, God, bro. Takes oh, forever. Lord, have mercy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember thinking in my head, like, you know what? I'm. Uh, this is stupid. This is freaking <laughs> stupid. Because as, because as a chef, what do you want? You want control over the process. Yeah. You know, I don't care what any, same thing with running a kitchen. You want control over the way the food comes out, the way the orders come in, like you want full control. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is then when I became a chef, it kind of happened again, right? Where I had sous chefs said, you know, sous chefs would be like, hey, salt the pasta water like the ocean. Yeah. You know, they would tell the pasta cook, right? And um, then I had an epiphany. I remember running the kitchen, three pastas came back, two were kids' pastas. One was, uh, you know, the pasta started coming back, right? And I'm going over and we, and like, I'm, I taste the pasta water and I'm like, yo, it's too salty. I'm yeah. like, it's too freaking, it's too salty. And they're like, but it's like the ocean. And I'm like, you know what? Forget about that. Forget yeah. about that. Let's talk about cooking. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, look, refire, let's refire this. And then, so I'm, I'm working the station and then I'm like, you know what? It's much better to, you know, yeah. If you want to put a tablespoon of salt in there, I don't care. But yeah. like the water shouldn't be too salty. And yeah. then, so I remember training this and then boom, we started, we started. And then I changed that immediately. That was the, the 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 moment in my life where I changed that narrative and mm. I stitched Ming Tsai's video because guess what he says he's like hey it's like you know, salty like the ocean yeah. salty like the ocean and I'm just like you know what no like um and I stitch it and I'm like hey Ming Tsai I love Ming Tsai I used to watch his channel his shows I growing up amazing but like we can't train like this anymore. You can't teach a yeah. young cook like this anymore because like look look here's the thing there's so many variables right he's only cooking one package of noodles right yeah Exactly. So if you're if you're at your house and you're cooking one package of noodles or whatever, like, you know, it's it's subjective. But like what I'm saying is this this the way this translates to a kitchen is 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 tough, man. It's like if you have one cook that's cooking six different pastas, like, yo, that water cannot be as salty as the ocean. What if somebody yeah. orders no salt? You have no control over that. You have to start yeah. another pot. Right. Yo, 100 percent. So I, I stitched your video. Right. And I and I gave perspective. And I, I went back and forth with this one one person for quite a bit. I, I want to say a couple of days. He's mis- misunderstanding what I'm trying to say. So I keep saying at the end of my video, right? And after I stitch your video, I'm like season at the end because I want to control the salt. But like yeah. pertaining to the pasta water, not not anything else. He keeps trying to say that we didn't, I didn't, I'm not teaching to season every step of the way, et cetera. I'm like, I, at what point in the video... Did I say that? I'm I'm telling you I season every step of the way so I don't salt the pasta water so I can control the salt. Like, I, I don't know. 
how yeah. how else I can tell you that? And then also, here's the other variable to it: uh, people outside, like the, your your guests, oftentimes they would ask for Parmesan cheese, like extra, to put in the pasta dish. That's an yes. extra added layer of salt. So so what do we do now? Is it is it going to be over salty? Is it just going to be just enough to taste so they can add more to it? And yeah. um, and also, so another point in here is like it, it's an outdated method. A method like it really is. Like it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be taught like that anymore. And I think that's like old generation versus new generation versus yeah. versus yeah. like even upcoming ones that should know better. So I don't know. I think it, I think it's what it's about that. is it's about it's about the the different layers of seasoning. All yeah. right. So 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 here's the thing. Like if you were to tell me I'm not going to season the pasta water, I kind of agree. I really agree. You know why? Because you cook the pasta 80% in the water and then 20% in the sauce, right? Yes. So the thing is is having control over that is like more important to me than the ego of having salt in the pasta water, yeah. right? Like listen, listen, I've ran multiple pasta stations. I've like it's not like I'm not not speaking from experience. You know what I'm saying? Like my thing is, is like, I couldn't agree more. We've had, we had like six different, three extruded pastas, two fresh pastas, uh, three fresh pastas. So I'm not talking about your pot at home. I don't care what you do at your house. Like a lot of people that, you know, that watch us or listen to us, you know, we're, we're chef driven, um, you know, channels, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is important not to say that there's nothing like that. Like I'm not comparing chefs to home cooks. They're equally respectable. They're equally respectable. Right. What I'm saying is, is to the young cook, to the person that is learning, do not season the pasta like, don't, do not season the water like the pasta. It's too salty. Or like the, don't season the water like the ocean. It's too salty. What you want to season it like is like a seat, like a soup, seasoned soup, right? Soup. Like, keep it like that. But like, the thing is, is for uh, pastas, especially fresh pastas, you can get away with a little bit more salt because they cook faster. But, Mm. um, I'm a current, I am such a believer, like usually when you start a pasta, you get the pan on, you add your aromatics, whatever it is, right? Then you make your sauce, right? Boom. Mm-hmm. Whether that's tomato or it's a butter sauce or it's a Parmesan sauce, cheese sauce, whatever it is. Then you add your pasta. Then you taste for seasoning. Then you yeah. finish, right? It's like, it's very, it's very simple. Don't overthink it. But if the pasta water is too salty and your your cheese sauce is salty, is, uh, seasoned and your tomato sauce is seasoned, your vegetables are seasoned, then you as the cook add salt. Like, dude, by the time you get to that dish where the guest is eating the whole thing, remember as cooks, we're just tasting one piece, right? Yeah. We're just tasting for seasoning and then we're going from there. But usually... Uh, you know, 80% of pastas get finished with what? Parmesan cheese or some Parmesan type cheese. of cheese. Or some some yeah, kind of salt. Some type know? of, yeah. Or like if it's a sausage pasta, like I've had that before where like the chorizo is cured, you know, it's a cured yeah. meat, right? So it's like whether it's cho- chorizo salt. or prosciutto or, you know, like, you know, so prasada, it doesn't matter. Like some, if it's a piece of charcuterie, it's salty, right? Yeah. And so this is also, you have to take consideration. It's just like, well, so like uh, my favorite restaurant uh pasta restaurant is felix in los angeles Felix, okay yeah and i'll be honest like you know the pastas are seasoned so like they are right on the edge of being too salty i'm not gonna lie it was a little bit too salty for me but like i totally get where he's coming from as a chef he's he's yeah, teetling yeah, yeah. the edge where it's like okay because i know that this pasta was a share thing and so like when you're just tasting uh you know like a little bit less than a quarter of a cup then yeah. you can get away with a little extra seasoning but if somebody's eating a whole main entree dish of pasta then yeah their face is going to swell up a little bit if it's too salty. Yeah, you know? yeah so I that's think, what I meant. So I think um, I think it's good. I've been doing the whole, it, or rather, I, again, I, I sound like a fucking dick. If you don't believe me, how about let's try it? Let's try it all together. Like do one with however you you want a season. Do one with slightly less, and do one without it. Do do a test. That's what I was trying to say. Do a test. Do it at your own. Do it at your own volition. Then come back at me with how you feel about it. Because for me, again, for me, no salt till the very end is always the control for me. Cause I don't want to be too salty cause people will always add more. Like you can always add more. You can never take away. Like that is such a big concept in cooking. You can and I always And I don't blame you. More. I don't blame you, especially if you're in a corporate restaurant environment or if you're in a hotel environment, yeah. right? Like, um, you know, having that, like that's a, that's, that's a great, that's a great point to drive home. So like if you have a station that has kid pastas on it, if you have a station that has multiple pastas on it, dude, take the ego aside. Like, because I, I will be honest, we, we stopped putting salt in the pasta water and just seasoned as we go. Right. So yeah. like with Wolfgang Puck, it's kind of like uh we call it, it's called TBG, right? TBG okay. is tomato, basil, garlic, whatever. And we had, there was plenty of salt in that sauce. Like, 
like and yeah. when you're talking about kid when you're talking about kid food you don't want it too salty and yeah. when you're talking about making multiple pastas like yo having that control is clutch mm. now i will say this having a pasta machine that is circulating the water where you have water coming in and it's that's you know has different. a drain as well that's that different. is that's the money right there so yeah. you can season that as heavy as you want but it keeps circulating water and like what we realized is it was just a waste of time right so it's a, a pasta machine with like six baskets and it has a little water in it mm. um and like you know the thing is is like you know obviously as the water is boiling you have fresh coming in you know what i'm saying mm. so that's a much more controlled process but the thing is is you you can't over season that water like it's mm. literally five gallons yeah. you know what i'm saying so like for and us it was, it was just a waste refilling. of time you know, yeah, exactly. and you're actually yeah. wasting product if you salt it. But also, yeah. uh, it's fifteen thousand dollars for for that machine, uh, FYI. Or, yeah, uh, yeah. Eight, but it's eight five used. <laughs> yeah, if, but you know what? Like in all honesty, I think it's really worth it to have that machine yeah. if you have a lot. Of, if you have a pa- pasta focused concept, right? Like, mm-hmm. arguably, even two of those: one for fresh, one for dry, and you know, keep it keep it moving. Um, mm-hmm. But I yeah, think I want yeah, man, one. that's a good that's 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 a great topic, man. That's that's for awesome. like my for my ramen. I want the. Uh, the one with the numbers. <laughs> so you can set it, forget it. Like, think about it for, for efficiency's sake. You drop your pasta or your, your nudes, right? You set it with for a minute 30. Yeah, minute 30, 90 seconds, whatever. Goes down, you twirl it for a sec, you turn around, you do all your fixings, it comes up, you dump it into your bowl. Like, I yeah. can't think of That's anything but, better. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, you should. I think you should definitely set a timer. When, I, when I'm in the kitchen, I have multiple timers. Like, yeah, I, think, I have a timer. Because sometimes when you're multiplying, when you're multitasking too much, you know, it's, shit gets lost in the sauce, man. Like, yeah, especially really things does. in the oven. Can we talk about uh, timers? Um, I, I, I don't want to throw shade at my guy again, but like he doesn't he doesn't use timers. Um, he likes to write notes everywhere. So he often Who? forgets my, my owner. So let's say he oh. has something in the um, in the ovens. He'll have like five notes, right? And then oftentimes, like, oh shit, I forgot. Now you're like four or five minutes over. Like, what what happens? I'm the one there with like five, you know, the little digital clocks. It's like six dollars or something. Like, you literally just set it. Like, what's your version? Too. He's like, exactly. I've been doing this for, for 30 I'm, years. I'm, so. I'm now I'm at the point where I'm not, if I was cooking multiple things, I would have multiple timers, but I just use voice command with the AirPod. So I'll yeah. just say, hey Siri, set a timer five minutes, right? Because yeah, yeah. then you're like, there's no chance, you know, especially when yeah. you're making sourdough. Like when I'm making sourdough bread, man, I'm, dude, I've got the timer on standby, bro. Time yeah, yeah, and temperature yeah. is so important mm-hmm. when you are making sourdough because like, I, listen, I can wing it, but like, I can't stress enough. Anybody out there, if you ever make sourdough before, it's a 12 hour process. It's like, you know, like minimum, uh, even longer. But like, you know, you have to turn the dough every half an hour. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to remember. Just hit the timer. Take the, you know, like just hit the timer. timer And then like, yeah. I think it's ego. If you're not, it's ego too. Yeah. And if you're if you're not if you're not like above around 90 degrees Fahrenheit, you know what I'm saying? It's going to take longer. You're like, it's going to take longer. It's going to take, you know, if it's too hot, you have to manage the time and temperature. Like that's how that's that is what we're talking about with cooking in general. Time and temperature is very important. Time, temperature. So important. Control. um, Season as you go. (laughs) It's just all controversy, you know, but it's it it takes years to kind of get honed into the kitchen. You don't don't expect to learn it. And, you know, overnight or maybe in a couple of years, maybe you'll get a good sense of it, but it really takes the, take the time to learn it, you know, feel it, understand the, the components that go into your, into your cooking. Like for, for, for my, uh, for my broth, typically it'll, it'll, it'll take about four hours, but sometimes it depends on the fat content of the bones. It could be like three and a half or maybe even two hours. You just have to pay attention to it. And that's the, yeah. that's the main concept to it. You know, just, just pay attention. And I think you'll get to where you need it, but it's, it's a rough, had I, had I done this like the first year, I wouldn't know. I'd be like, yeah, no, it takes four hours. Yeah. I just set it there. Whatever. I forget it. Yeah. No, that's, that's not how it goes. You have to, you have to pay attention to this stuff, but yeah, man, um, I guess I, I, we can't drive it home any further, you know, just like, just pay attention to what you do and always have an open mind. That's like the second part yeah. of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. yeah. That's that is it, man. All right. What's next? What are we talking about next? What are we getting into next, brother? Uh, well, I mean, we can get into some, uh, some cooking procedures I've been seeing on, uh, on the interwebs quite a bit. Oh no. Well, you know what? You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about mm. people on the internet calling themselves chefs. 
that uh, aren't real that don't have yeah, the credentials we and we know it we know we it go. but we don't have to we don't have to pull any videos let's just talk generally yeah, yeah. I, I get Gen- okay. generally so we won't use any names we won't because like I, I just think it's doing people a due diligence but look look i'm gonna come out correct and say it listen i'm coming out with a youtube series where it's all about learning how to cook and it's all about the basic fundamentals not gonna lie the first 15 episodes are gonna be very boring it talks about the history of cooking that gives me the uh, and this is a little promo myself for the people that aren't uh ooh, for for the people that are just listening, um, I'm actually teaching directly out of the professional chef, the ninth edition. And I think this is really important because, you know, then you're not just having my opinion. This is the, this is direct literature and it's, uh, it's not debatable. Right. So like, got it, got it, got it. And, you know, listen, and I know it sounds kind of like a cop out, but it's not. Basically, what I'm doing is I'm reading from the textbook, then I'm giving my opinion. But I think it's really important that young cooks know, you know, the CIA book is very good. Now, do I recommend going to freaking to freaking spend one hundred forty thousand dollars on on culinary school? <laughs> Fuck Don't do no, that. hell no, nah, bro. So what I'm doing is I'm taking that thick book and I'm giving you the cliff notes. What I think you should know definitely as going into the chef career and. I'm not charging anything for it. You just got to subscribe to my YouTube. You will see that the, I'm going to start dropping episodes here pretty soon. I've got like five in the uh, in the queue. But nice. what I wanted to get at is, you know, for all my young cooks and chefs out there or whoever's deciding to take on the culinary industry, make sure that you get your information from a trained professional. Okay. Mm. Now. I, there are a ton of people out there that are literally putting on chef jackets, putting their name on the jacket and saying that they are chefs. And listen, I totally understand where they are coming from. And I, I mm-hmm. like I don't really care about them. But I, the only problem that I have is, is you can't call yourself a chef if you don't have the prerequisite. Right. Or if you yeah. haven't put in the work. And I think that's really important. And I'm not trying to be negative, but, um, you know, you have all these young kids. Right. That are like, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, whatever. Like, you know, and they think they're chefs because they graduated culinary school. And I'm like, no, no, actually, matter of fact, it's the opposite. You start from the fucking bottom when you graduate culinary school, you start from the bottom. And the thing is, is they just graduate culinary school and they're like, okay, I'm going to be a private chef now and Mm -hmm. or I'm going to be a personal chef. And it's like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. And if you want to teach people how to be a personal chef or a private chef, yeah. All, all to yeah, it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's fine. But when you start talking about restaurant shit, back the fuck up. Okay? Back up. And when Do you, you think start that's talking what about- separates it, though? Like, um, I think we will get a lot of, uh, well, they've cooked at XYZ. You know, or they've been, yeah, they've been the, doing this for five years or some shit like that. Yeah. The thing the thing is, is like, it's definitely a gray area and it's definitely debatable, right? So if you're like, here, let me, let me explain a little bit more. So like, okay. the thing is, is if you're a personal chef or a private chef, you know, this is totally cool. Like, it's totally fine. If you're, if your clientele calls you chef, then that's, that's, that's okay. That's great. Yeah, yeah. But the, 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 the real question is, can you teach other people? Can you teach other chefs, young chefs that want to be chefs in restaurants and want to be chefs in hotels? You know, that's where the that's where there becomes an issue. If you've never Mm. had the experience yourself to of like running an actual kitchen, um, not to say that there's anything wrong with being a personal chef or a private chef, whatever. Mm. But like we're talking about. It's just a different field. you know, it, it is. It's it's kind of different. But like if you like and that's what I'm saying, that's what's debatable. Right. Because like for me, I don't like I don't care. I'm not going to get caught up on the subject. Yeah, but yeah. like, you know, a good example is like I have a meal prep company. Right. Yeah. Me and my brother. Does it take does it take a professionally trained chef to have a meal prep company? Hell no. no. Hell no. But like the thing is, is it becomes debatable when you are. Um, you know, you come out of culinary school and you are like, Hey, I want to teach the basics of cooking and I want to teach, you know, the basics of this. And you're teaching what you learned in culinary school. Like, I think that's cool. But then the problem is, is once you start pushing it into more advanced culinary, like it becomes an issue where you're cutting the carrot very carefully. Like, you know, if I were to give you a carrot right now, Casey, and you start cutting it, I would know if you were a chef or not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you know what I mean? It's an easy take. Like, When I hear, when I hear some of these, you know, some of these young, you know, young cooks or whatever you want to call them, when I hear them talking about some techniques, like, you know, I feel like they are just saying what they learned as far as the basic level. But Mm. the thing, the difference between like, and I don't want to compare myself to them or whatever, but like, you know, just as well as I know, you know, you know, the 
you know the young cooks out there that are just pretending to be chefs like in yeah. it, like I totally get it but just understand that if you are learning from these people you need to see that they have the prerequisite of yeah. teaching and teaching technique and I know it's controversial and I'm not trying to shit on anybody but listen it is what it is man it's the way of the world and let me give you a good example um you know I can teach my kid how to change a light bulb but that yeah. doesn't make me an electrician Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can listen. I can. I can. I can change a toilet. I can freaking change the flap. I can, you know, literally take the toilet out of my bathroom right now and put put another one in there without looking at any instructions. No. I can cut off the water. I can do that. But does that make me a plumber? No. No. And that's what's that's what's really important that I think yeah. um, people get confused. And, and then that's that's the other thing. It's like young people learn off of these influencers with a you know kind of a following. And mm-hmm. I can tell the real ones from the fake ones, man. I got it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, especially with knife skills. Can I just like I, I know you? I know you mentioned it. Like, if we were, if we were all, I, I think the, the best, uh, the best way. Like, what if we took our, all of them? Uh, such a broad statement. All of the, all of the pretend ones and the pro ones, and just have them cut shit, and then just just look at the hands and how they hold themselves. So I bet you in like. Three minutes, fake, 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 yeah. pretend, pretend, yeah, 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 pro, 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 yeah. like in in that's two seconds, like, you know. Yeah, that's like the biggest. That's like the biggest giveaway too, because yeah. I can tell. Like, and unfortunately, like I got to be honest, like um, you know, if you make it, if you make it to a sous chef level, right, then you know, in my eyes, you're considered a chef. I'll, yeah. I'll call you chef. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I see that a lot where some people get hired on as a sous chef, you know, right straight away. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, Casey, but that makes them a chef, you know, now sous yeah. chef, no, it does. but not like not an executive chef. And mm-hmm. like the thing is, is like, you know, same thing with kitchen manager, right? Like, so if you get hired on as a kitchen manager, you know, hey, like they're not going to say they're a kitchen manager, but they'll say they're a chef, Correct. right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I think it's, I think it's a gray area, but um, you know, you know, I, there, here's a good example. I had a cook that worked for me. I had a cook that worked for me and, um, great cook, awesome cook. And due to the pandemic, he went straight from cook to executive chef. Oh shit. Just, just jumps. Oh damn. Okay. And he, straight away like so he moved from los angeles up here to san francisco and he got this offer to be an executive chef for a company that was growing and you know obviously you couldn't find any chefs and so they just they just gave him he went he went from a cook a lead cook to an executive chef but here's the thing man here's the thing and this is what happened this is a true story he reaches out to me he's freaking out and he's like he's like chef i need some help man and i'm like all right i'm like what do you need help with he's like well i just got hired as an executive chef and um Uh you know I'm in charge. I'm in charge of the menu now. I'm in charge of labor. I'm in charge mm-hmm. of food cost, and I'm in charge of X, Y, Z, right? And and I'm and he's like, I don't know how to do any of it. He's like, Can you yeah, help me? Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you which I'm gonna show you. I got you. And yeah. so I send him I send him a profit and loss statement. I'm like, here, this is what you're gonna look for. You're you're in charge of food and beverage. You're in charge of the labor and uh, yeah. a little bit of linen, but not too much. And then I'm like, also menu design and menu execution. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, here, what do you, what's what software do you use to order food? You know, I'm asking him everything, right? Like, yeah, hey, literally. you need to know what this is. I'm like, hey, I'm like, what software do you use to order food? How do you order food? He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, okay, well, you need to find the fuck out. And I'm like, let's do this. We're going to do this together. All right. And so then, and so um, it's funny because then he goes and he, he writes all this stuff down and he asks his boss and he's like, oh, you're like, his boss was like, well, you're well prepared. Like, I never, I didn't know you were going to, you know, have all this information. Yeah. But anyway, it was kind of like a glorified kitchen manager position. The mm-hmm. ownership kind of just said, hey, this is an executive chef position. And it's like yeah. a sports bar and grill, bro. Like, But it's a chef-driven one. So correct, totally get it. So then he was in charge of like doing specials and all that good stuff. And then he started he started the job. But the problem is, is he didn't do the work to be a sous chef. He didn't do the work to be, you know, a junior sous chef first, you know, or a, uh, you know, um, even yeah, a KM or, turn or a turnout, yeah. He didn't go through the proper steps. So now he's back at sous chef level back in LA, right? He's back in Los Angeles at sous chef level, which is totally fine. I think that's because yeah, yeah, I told yeah. him, I was like, listen, this is not going to be easy for you, man. This is not. It's, it's like, rough. you know, because you you don't have the managerial skills to multitask. and Because and, I know what type of cook he is. He's a bomb yeah. cook. Really good cook, man. But he's t- hot tempered. You know what I'm saying? And uh, as a chef, uh, um, it's, you know. And he, he, but he did, he did really good. But what I'm saying is, is you do yourself a do justice by not going the proper way. Right. Yeah. And now listen, there's no easy road to becoming a chef. I don't care who yeah. you are, but it's, you're doing yourself a disjustice. If you go straight from prep cook to sous chef or straight from cook to executive chef or chef de cuisine. I literally, when I got off the phone with him, I said, all right, we'll talk to you later, chef. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not, hey, I'm not sitting here saying, no, you need to be a sushi. Yo, yeah, get yeah. your money. Get yeah. your money. Like, get your bread, man. We ain't, you know, we ain't tripping. Ain't nobody tripping. You know, and I'm um, like, I'm going to help you get through this because I mentored him as a cook. So I feel like I'm part of his uh, yeah, yeah, future. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I, I gave him, I gave him every task I could think of as cooks. I all my cooks. You talk to any of them. I was always challenging them. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Always creating specials. Always, you know, the list goes on, man. And I'm not trying to pump myself up, but I'm just being honest. Like yeah, yeah, I yeah. would make them butcher their own proteins. You know, yeah. even though a lot of chefs, a lot of chefs won't let you touch the fish. Right? They're like, yeah, butcher the chicken. No, I'm um, like, yo, take that salmon. You're gonna portion it. You're gonna portion it. I want to see the edible, edible portion. I want to see how much trim, what waste you got. Right. And I want everything neat and organized. Right. And yeah. then, you you know, date, label, all the above. You have to implement these standards. And I think you miss that um, when you just jump from position to when position. You go right. Over. Yeah. yeah. I think what's um, what people don't realize, too, like once you get to exec is the most ridiculous thing because it's 80 percent, 80 percent paperwork. Like, I, I think people just need to understand that because you are managing such a big, a bigger amount. You're not necessarily cooking anymore. You have to do P&Ls. You have to do reports. You have to do costs, uh, menu creation. Like eighty percent of your time will be on the fucking computer. It really is. As as rough as yeah. that sounds, you're probably there in a window. Of what six or seven hours, if that. The rest of your shit is is in the office. Like you're you're doing all paperwork. Um, if you're not if you're not ready for that, I don't think I don't think you should jump. Because I I I, di- I didn't realize that when I. So I went from KM to Sue, Sue to exec in a, in a matter of like four years, like re- really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. When I got to Sue and I'm like, is it literally just paperwork? I got to exec. I'm like, it's just fucking paperwork. It's literally paperwork. And then I'm, yeah. I'm telling yeah. my Sue to command the line. Here's what's going to go. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, is this, is this what I want? Like, do it yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like an outside perspective, like, feeling, do I want to do this? I had the- Dog, when I when I became executive chef, I didn't want that freaking position at all. Like I had mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. And like I feel like for me it was like it was like I was just like so I don't want to say unhappy, but I was just like, you know what? Like my You're current role is executive chef, but like but like it's it's very hands on, right? And I'm fucking hands deep, right? And I love yeah. it. But um, you know, I think what's really important is just some people excel more than others. Some people take more time. I've met some yeah. sous chefs that are really good cooks. But horrible sous chefs. I've met some cooks that suck at cooking, but really good at managing and delegating. Yeah. And like, that's why it's so individualized. And I get it, man. Some people, you know, they come out of culinary school and they, they're able to get a sous chef position or whatever the case may be. And like, they just like fake until they make it work six months and then roll out and start doing their own thing. I totally get it. The restaurant yeah. industry sucks, but it's changing. Yeah. And uh, I see this a lot, you know, like where somebody will make a sous chef at a, at a hotel or like a Hilton or a Holiday Inn or whatever the case may be, where it's really easy to be a sous chef, um, you know, and they call themselves chefs. And I, and I totally get that, man. But just like, you know, make sure, make sure you back it up. Right. <laughs> so I guess Make the sure. question, Brandon, uh, if you have a coat on social media with your name on it, it says chef on it. Do we trust that individual? I think uh, I think the question is just do your due diligence. Right. To, to yeah, understand I don't know, because I don't know any I don't, I don't know. I'll be honest as a chef. I don't wear my chef jacket in my house ever unless I'm yeah, like, because no, like sometimes sometimes I'll wear like I won't wear an undershirt. And so then I'll have like I won't I can't take my chef jacket chef. I feel uncomfortable taking my chef jacket off at work with no undershirt. So yeah. I'll just dry. I'll just, you know, put throw my sweatshirt on and freaking, you know. I'll just leave and then and I'll come home and then take it off. But like, I never film with my chef jacket on ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just weird, right? You're not going to wear your chef jacket in the house. But like some people do it for show, you know, and some people, and I don't care. Like it doesn't bother me, but like at the same time, it's kind of, I think, I think it's kind of funny a little bit, you know? It's a little uh, funny. I, It's just not something I do. Yeah. It's just not something uh, I do, but like, you know, Jem, Jem does it, but he's, he, he's also a chef yeah, and it's, it's fine. It's whatever. So like, I think, but I think, um, you know, like you can tell, you can tell just like I can tell. Um, you know, if somebody's a chef, like I'm, I'm, if I, you know, and like, I don't want to be the person that calls them out or anything like that. I think yeah, people yeah. should get their bag, whatever they want to do, but just for the person, for the consumer, right. This is what I'm referring <laughs> to. Make sure you're getting, make sure you're the only thing you have to do is say, Hey, where did you train? Where did you work? You know, yeah. that's it. What kitchen did you lead? That is the prerequisite, man. Like you have to run a kitchen to be a chef. That's the you know, now whether or not that's a three or four person kitchen or a 20 to 35 person kitchen, it doesn't matter. Right. But like mm-hmm. if you run your own kitchen where you have a cook under you, then yes, you're a chef. Mm-hmm. I think the so. the thing too, like um, 
what was I going to say? Like, uh, when you're, when, whenever it's referring to a chef, like even if you just look on like Indeed or whatever, there's always a prerequisite there. Led a kitchen for three years as whatever. Cause it, it, the, they require you to have that experience. So you know what you're doing. Just, just yeah. having that alone and in whatever the people are looking for, you, you would know. Like if you've done this before X, Y, Z and you can't really fake that. I mean, I guess you can, right. If you're just really good at it, but you, the, the employer would know immediately as soon as you kind of go about your business, they, they would know. And like, it's their, then their decision to whether float you or not. But, um, it's <laughs> such a crazy, such a crazy matter. That name chef, you know? Like, uh, it is. And, so and I know it's super it, subjective but. and like, and listen, I know to all the people out there who, who you think, like, I know you probably think that chef Casey and I are freaking assholes for saying this, but we're just trying, we're just trying to elaborate a little bit because chef actually means something. Okay. Yeah. It actually means something in our world and that's it. We're not, I don't really care. And all we're talking about is the social media influence on the chef world, because this is mm-hmm. all new. Think about this. Influencing just became popular literally less yeah. than five years ago, bro. Like in 2014, we wouldn't have this conversation. We yeah, wouldn't be talking correct. about brand deals. We wouldn't be talking like, it's like, this is all new. So we're just trying to, you know, keep it clear. Like, listen, just because you throw on a chef jacket and put your name on it and then post on Instagram doesn't make you a chef. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't. Wow. And like, I've called out plenty of chefs. I, there was this one chef on live who, uh, you know, who was not confident in their skills, yeah. you know, because, you know, in like, listen, this don't get this mixed up. If you are doing your spin on a recipe at your house, like if you're making birria tacos and you're like, hey, this is how I do my birria tacos. Like, I don't care about that. Yeah, if yeah. you are saying if you are teaching young cooks how to do techniques like and how to That's like how to make issue. a stock, like, yes. like, here's a good thing, like. A lot of people at home, when they make a uh, stock, a vegetable stock, they throw all the trim, all the freaking roots in the, all the shit. If you're doing that at your own house, I don't care. Cool. If you don't want to waste any, I, I totally get it. But in, in my world, in the restaurant world, stock is not a garbage can. Yeah. Okay? It's, a whole it's thing, not man. a garbage can. And it's like those trim go in the garbage or in compost or whatever you want to say, because you know, I'm in California, so you have to compost. But, um, you know, don't teach people this. You know what I'm saying? You say, hey, this is what I do in my own house. Like, boom, this is how I don't, this is how I limit my waste. This is not how you make vegetable stock. Okay. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. bottom line. I mean, listen, I, I, I called one person out for, for doing this because they were like, oh, chef, this is a great idea. And I'm like, and, and I duetted the video. And I said, no, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Stock is not a garbage can. The stock yeah. is the foundation of your restaurant. Chicken stock, vegetable stock is all a foundation of your restaurant. It goes into mm. 90% of your menu items. This needs to be the most flavorful, the most cleanest, purest flavor. Yes. Bottom line. Yo, Don't care. Just, I, will, like, I will that die. Home? Like, I will die. Up, I will die on that. Like, dog, you're not going to take your ramen broth and put fucking root vegetable oh, like, roots no. in there, bro. Mm-mm. No, it's sacred. It's sacred. Same thing with stock, vegetable stock or chicken stock mm-hmm. or veal stock. You do, I don't want to see any dirty root ends in there. I don't want to see yeah, any man. carrot peels. I don't want to see any freaking celery bottoms. Nah. When I worked, and, and it's crazy because I had to change this mentality when I worked at, um, in Las Vegas, I, like I saw the prep cook saving all these fucking bins. I thought he was going to compost it, you know? Yeah. yeah. He like and vegetables like, what are you all doing? day. And then, and yeah. And it's funny because it was my, like my first couple of days. And then he literally throws this whole shebang in the veal stock, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's funny because then I make a veal stock. And then, uh, anyway, then I'm not going to talk about the chef. Then I'm like, <laughs> chef, listen, you can, but the chef was really old school. So he's like, no, he's like, we don't want to waste it. And I'm like, listen, yeah, let yeah. me tell you something, man. You're saving about five bucks. Yeah. I'm like, look, a case of carrots. Well, back in the day, it was like, a case of carrots was like 10 bucks. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you're, you're saving, you're saving literally five bucks. Like I'll give you an extra dollar. You're saving $6, but you're compromising standard. And, and you know what I'm saying? So everyone just keep in mind. Stock is not a garbage can. Yeah. Stock is not a, say with me, stock is not a garbage can. <laughs> if you are at your own house or you're, you're in a farm or you're what, do whatever you want do at what your you own want. house. What I'm talking about is when you're in a restaurant environment or you're training or becoming a chef, stock is not a garbage can. Nobody told me this. I had to learn the freaking hard way. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. I had to learn the freaking hard way. So anyway, Let's wrap it up, dog. I gotta, yeah, I gotta I'm move on my day, but I'm, I'm, but I'm charged up you. now. I'm charged up now. No, no, I'm ready. I, I'm ready to go. Just imagine. Maybe I should do that as a video. Just throw like stupid ends and like a, a pretend stock that I'm gonna start for my ramen. 
This is how it yeah. started. Oh my god, that shit would blow up. Yeah, but you know like, what? You know what? Like, I'll, I'll play devil's avocado here, where like I take uh, spring onion bottoms, and or I'll take uh, leek bot, like baby leek bottoms, and then yeah, I'll those grow are different though. Ext- Alliums yeah, are like. Oh, oh. Yeah, grow yeah, them like extra. Yeah, clean off the dirt. Like if you just put it in water, it'll, the roots will start growing, and that way you get a clean root. You know, you candy this and fry it. It's one of the best things I've ever had in my life. Yeah, and yeah. I learned that technique at Alinea, and it, I was like, this is this is wonderful. Yeah. Corn silk, right? Corn silk, baby corn silk, not the big corn silk, but baby corn silk. If you take it and braise it in simple syrup, um, and then take it out, dry it, dehydrate it, and then fry it. Freaking amazing! It's freaking Again. amazing. Yeah. Um, this is this is the uh, this is the experience showing, right? We had we had enough of it that we can now play against the rules, and I think that's that's your end goal. Eventually, you know, you you put in so much time already. Now you start questioning. Hey, maybe maybe we should do this, but still know the basics. Um, but yeah, man, that's it. Nothing too crazy. Um, we will be back. Any questions? Any concerns? Let us know. Any comments? We would love to to have your opinions. But other than that, though, that's what we got.